Welcome to Our Imperfect Life, the podcast addressing the unscripted reality of daily life. Now, here are your hosts, Rob and Patricia. Well, hello there. It is episode 12 of Our Imperfect Life. I'm Rob. And I'm Patricia. Hello there, Patricia. Hi, Rob. I see a look of excitement in your eyes. I can't contain it. (laughs) Today we have a very special guest. It is a guest that we uh, have been excited to, uh, to have on the podcast. This person is someone who has a podcast also has a website and uh, has a lot of great things too, including live webinars and uh, a little school <laughs> with some big change, maybe, um, and a little book of big change. Uh huh. And so oh, I can I can tell you're very excited. I just can't believe she's here with us tonight. Mm-hmm. So I just want to introduce her really quick. This is like the <laughs> first rock hi. star we've. <laughs> Years ago on radio, I once interviewed Don Rickles, but I'm telling you, this is, this is a no comparison. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. She's awesome. So, so without Amy, further ado. Yeah, without further ado, Dr. Amy Johnson. Hi. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. Oh. I'm honored. Me and Santa are like your, your top guests so far. <laughs> You're guest number two, technically. It's such good company. <laughs> absolutely. Ro- definitely rock stars. <laughs> so. so, what would you like to start with, Oh Patricia? my gosh. Well, so, thank Thank you so much again for coming on. And I just never imagined in my life that I would have overcome this debilitating anxiety that I had and then actually have you on to say, you know, to give us some information about what's, you know, like your life and and stuff like that. So I'm just really excited. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. But um, so can you give us just a little bit of your background? Sure. Well, I um. I, uh, gosh, my background, I grew up with a lot of anxiety, like you, Mm -hmm. Um, and I also grew up listening to Wayne Dyer, like you, (laughs) (laughs) so I grew up, you know, in the Detroit area, he was a big deal, I loved him, there were books um, all over my house of of his, Um, so that was kind of like my little, like my little escape, when I was a kid, Um, you know, my family life was fine, but I was kind of an anxious kid and it wasn't the Mm -hmm. most, you know, wonderful, stable all the time. I kind of felt like, like a lot of kids, I'm sure felt Mm -hmm. like I, who are these people? And I think I was born into the wrong family and how do I (laughs) get out of here? (laughs) But the saving grace for me was, you know, I was, I was young and my friends were out playing and doing crazy stuff. And I would go find these, these secret books that my mom had and they were Wayne Dyer books and they were like Marianne Williamson books and like, you know, spiritual self-help kind of stuff. And, and so really it's like ridiculously young, but from, you know, seven, eight, nine, I knew I wanted to be a Wayne Dyer like person and, and study this stuff and help people. And really it was just for myself at the time. Um, You know, so I kind of just dabbled in that and had a lot of anxiety and my anxiety really kind of, um, came to a head when I was um, in college and in graduate school and got to the point where I was, you know, afraid to leave the house and really, really in a bad way. And that kind of pushed me into just seeking more as it does for so many people. So, so yeah, I just really kind of opened, opened this up for me from my own struggles. Oh my goodness. Wow. So you are a psychiatrist or psychologist? Because I know uh, some psychologists. people, psychologists. Yes. So, so what what brought you to that field 
other than like we've always joked in, in like personal experience, maybe wanting to cure yeah. everybody in the family type of thing. So that was pretty much it. I mean, that, that's, that's, you know, textbook. That's, that's, that's me. what that I was heard. pretty much it. That's what I've heard from a lot of, a lot of people that go into that field yes. is, is they want to help people because, you know, they've just seen some things. And so, so what, what got you started in that truthfully um, beyond just the family? Yeah. I mean, really it was like seeing, I remember seeing again, this, this is no, no, uh, nothing against my parents. I think this is a universal thing. I'm sure my children say some version of this about me or they will very soon. But <laughs> I just remember looking at my parents thinking, oh my gosh, like, and, and other adults too. Mm-hmm. Like, why are they so worried all the time? Mm-hmm. Why do they make everything so hard? Why don't they remember how to have fun? Like, why can't uh-huh. we laugh and smile more when we're washing dishes and doing homework? Mm-hmm. Why does life have to be, you know, and, and they would say things as parents of my generation and probably still say, like, you just wait till you grow up. You wait till you have bills to pay. Yep. Life's nice and easy now, but it's not going to always be this way. And I just remember like, really at that time thinking, um, well, I, that sucks. I don't want to grow up then. Like, really, there's yeah. got to be a way out of this. And Honestly. it's cute now to think back. It's like in my little kid head, it was like, well, hey, I'm going to figure out how people think and mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid that. So really, and then, you know, and then as I said, I just kind of really dove into self-help and psychology stuff. And it just was a natural, really natural progression by the time I, I was choosing a career. So were you one of those kids that, that kind of grew up before they, they really should have? Like- yes. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. I, I think that almost seems to be like a parallel of a lot of people involved with, with anxiety and such. Because I know, I remember as a kid, I was always trying to be an adult, whether I wanted to be or not. And yeah. so, and Absolutely. I know Patricia was that oh, way as well. Oh my goodness, so. I swear I was an adult before I was eight years old. <laughs> yeah. And just doing things and being responsible for things. And I, I don't even believe that my parents told me I had to. I think I just took that on as my own thing that I was just like, you know, doing dishes and, oh, mom, I'll cook that or I'll take care of that or I'll clean. And, you know, and I'm like, my mom would even say I clean better than she did. And it was like, (laughs) but no, like, and even my dad would be saying to me, why do you play with all the little kids in the neighborhood? Because I was like, they're like the mother hen, like kind of, and I wasn't playing with kids my own age because I was like trying to nurture them. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think there's something to that for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and then, so what else did you want to know? So, so you Rob took, has all the questions. So you took really. the traditional route as far as the uh, the curriculum then for psychology, correct? Yes. And then, yeah. and did you have a practice and all of that at the time? Or? No. So I did the training, and mm-hmm. I was um, I was trained to do this kind of work. I really in graduate school my my path veered a little bit more toward the research so really the thing that i i would be most prepared for was to be a college professor and to do this kind of research sure and and so when it became time to do that um i didn't want to (laughs) i just you know like part of it was the whole academic life um Mm -hmm. it's very it's very competitive it's very limited and kind of where i was was in a situation where they're like well you just go get into any college you can get into and you just go build your life there so Mm -hmm. you know i um you know you you started a junior college in iowa or wyoming or wherever they take you or who Mm -hmm. knows where you know but it was just there wasn't a lot of choice in that and i was kind of at a place where i'm like i don't know that doesn't I don't know that I want to be a professor bad enough to just go move to any, you know, little college town and start my life there. So I, um, so I decided to move to Chicago Mm -hmm. 
and um, I started work in non-academic. So I, I worked for some businesses and kind of using mm-hmm. my psychology in that way. Oh, cool. That's really cool. <laughs> so how long Actually, did you to follow that path as far as the traditional path? Um, yeah, so I worked for, I worked as a trial consultant for a while with like helping attorneys shape mm-hmm. their cases and their arguments and things sure. like that. Um, and then I worked for businesses that do like employee opinion research and stuff like that for a while. Um, but pretty quickly, I, within like a couple years, I knew, okay, I want to do, I want to work with people. I, I knew I wanted to do basically what I do now, mm-hmm. but it's funny cause that was in like the early two thousands and there wasn't really um, like this thing called life coaching, you mm-hmm. know, that wasn't traditional psychology, but that was doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't really legit. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like yeah. p- p- it was very like goal oriented accountability. It was used by, you know, CEOs had life coaches maybe, but but average people didn't. And mm-hmm. and so it was weird. It was like I could see that 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 was a direction that sort of fit. But um but it didn't fully fit, but it was the closest thing. So, so around 2006 is when I um, became trained as a life coach. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. So because, was it because too, that you wanted, had, had things that you had wanted to focus on, on your own, like to change and help yourself or was it? Yeah. You know? By that point. Yeah. I mean, I always did. Yeah. But by that point, it was really like, wow, if I'm going to, you know, always, I don't know how old I was in my late twenties, early thirties. And it's like, I have a whole, I have a lot of years of working ahead of me. So like, mm-hmm. what, what would I just want to do if I could do anything? And it was honestly like, just sit and talk, help people see how their thinking works. Wow. I mean, you know, and I think even then I didn't know what I know now, but mm-hmm. But I would have said it in that same way, like kind of know that when you are a victim, when you're feeling like a victim or you're mm-hmm. feeling full of anxiety or whatever, there's just a better way. And to help mm-hmm. people see that their mind's creating that. Hmm. That's just really amazing that you were able to kind of do what you wanted to do. You know, like you, did you take a big risk to do it or were you more stable or? It, it was a little bit of both. I didn't, um, I didn't quit my job right away. I okay. kept a job and, you know, and I didn't have kids or anything yet. So mm-hmm. it wasn't quite as risky, but I kept my job and mm-hmm. I, um, it definitely did feel like a risk because <laughs> I invested more money than I had ever had in this mm-hmm. coach training, okay, you know, so great. it, so it was a big deal, you know, <laughs> but it, um, but it was something that I just told myself, okay, if, if nothing else, I just love doing, I just want to learn about it. So it'll just be an expensive hobby, if nothing else, you know? <laughs> so I took the training and I, and I very slowly started to just kind of coach people, you know, in the evenings and on weekends. And it was a while before okay. it really became, you know, a sort of a business. See, we did Pamper Chef. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. He's Same always, idea. He's always laughing at me because I'm always like, I'm going to take this class. I'm going to take this class. Same thing. <laughs> but, I, but I have to say, though, this class in particular was one of the best yeah. the best invested classes you've had out of all the classes. Oh, so. the little school, but, yes. But I didn't tell you. And that's the funny part. Like the, mm-hmm. everything else I told him about. And, yep. and this, yeah. I was just like, I'm keeping this from him because every other And this We're is the one this. that actually worked and it's sticking and it's just amazing yep, so I we're just doing this keep... we're making wreaths so we were going to craft fairs on weekends we, we, we run the gamut as we've said but but i guess i guess what everybody wants to know and and i know i want to know is when did the paradigm come to you 
<laughs> when when did you find that awakening? I guess you could say. Yes. Yeah, so okay. So it's as you know, it's not my paradigm. So I exactly. Just, exactly. I yes. kind of you know came across it. You found it uh, <laughs> out of my own out of my own need. So mm-hmm. professional and personal. So it was um it was around. 2011-ish, um, mm-hmm. 10-ish maybe, where I I had been coaching for a while at that point, you know, five, six years. I It, it was still, you know, um, it was in line with this new paradigm. It was still very empowering stuff. It was around how our thoughts, you know, work and things like that, the way that I was coaching people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that kept me up at, at night is that my anxiety was pretty much a thing of the past um, as so I thought, but really what had happened is it took another form. So okay. I, I was caught up in this eating habit, binge eating habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't see it at the time that that had anything to do with anxiety. I thought, oh, I used to have panic attacks. Now I'm free of panic attacks, but now I suddenly developed this totally separate new disorder. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to me when I look back to think that that's what I thought, you know, mm-hmm. but, but that's how it looked. And so I just was like, okay, well, I don't know. This is a new thing that needs a new treatment. And none of my coaching tools, like none of what I was doing with clients mm-hmm. worked on me. Yeah. None wow. of them did. Wow. And this this habit kept getting more and more entrenched and I mm. felt worse and worse about myself. And even though I wasn't coaching people specifically on that, it, it was hard because it's like, what am I doing? I, I knew I was mm-hmm. helping people. I really did. I mm-hmm. could see them being helped. But I was like, well, how far does this go? Because it's not... It's not generalizing to help me. Wow. So I was really desperate to mm-hmm. find something to help myself. And that's that's when I came across this kind of bigger understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my, you know, within within a really short period of time, I kind of knew, okay, this binge eating thing is a thing. It's, it's not going to be around much longer. I, wow. It didn't instantly go away, mm-hmm. but I saw some things where I knew, okay, I don't have to do this. Wow. And I just knew that it that it would change soon, and it did. And do you know why? Do Do you know? Is there anything you can pinpoint? Yeah, it's hard because you're looking back. Do you know right, what I mean? But right. like, I think mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that I saw was um, I really got oh, this is just my mind working on repeat. Mm-hmm. Like I've 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 felt uncomfortable, and then I fed, and then I my mind starts saying, "Hey, food will help." So I fed mm-hmm. myself yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And and it sort of kind of a little bit did feel like it helped. And then that just taught my brain something mm-hmm. that simple. Like I taught my brain, hey, when you're feeling uncomfortable, go eat a bunch of food and it'll feel better. And now, mm-hmm. of course, I knew better. Everybody knows better. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But that that habit just in like that conditioning had taken hold. And so I the, the urges to eat a lot of food like got bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. And. I didn't know what to do. I, I tried to fight them mm-hmm. as, as we do, right? right? I right. tried to be stronger than them and I right. tried to outrun them and mm. breathe through them and all this garbage. It doesn't really work. And, you know, and it just made it worse. And so I think what I saw, one of the things I saw early on was, oh, my brain is not against me. Uh-huh. I've just innocently taught it to do this. And if I don't act on that, if I see, oh, it'll actually stop on its own. Mm-hmm. Cause I never saw that before. I thought I had to eat to make this feeling go away. Mm-hmm. Then when I really started to see, oh, it's just my mind, you know, mm-hmm. revving up because that's what it does. Mm-hmm. But it'll also settle down by itself if I don't if I don't act on it. It it just became this 
this challenge almost in a, in the best way, not in a white knuckly kind of way, but mm-hmm. just like, Oh, I don't have to act on that. Let wow. me see what happens when I don't. And it wow. wasn't always easy, but again, like it was easy enough. Like I could do it enough to see, Oh my God, there's a way out. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I, there is a way out. I could just see it. That is absolutely amazing. And I, and I have to be honest, it's not that I didn't believe you that it would go away if you just let it go but it's just you needed to practice and we we actually had a pretty bad week not a bad week but just you know a challenging it it was challenging it was was challenging again this week and um and we both found that we didn't turn to food and it was amazing Mm -hmm. and it was a little like i would have to say it was a little pain not painful but awkward and and just uncomfortable in a way but not Mm -hmm. physically or anything that we didn't like you want some ice cream and you know it wasn't one of those things and then it was like eight o'clock at night and we're like i think we should eat maybe something you know and it was like you know what would be good toast you know so it was like not our usual you know yeah. we didn't go to that and it was like a me so like i'm actually seeing that more now like so now that the i'm maybe now that the anxiety is you know not as strong i'm seeing other things like ways of coping so i don't know i don't That's know awesome. it was, yeah so it was amazing <laughs> Yeah, it's like that that autopilot kind of just gets a little bit broken up, mm-hmm. you know? It's mm-hmm. like and then you just see other things around it mm-hmm. and it rather than don't eat ice cream, don't eat the ice cream, don't eat the ice cream, which was the only way I knew to try to help myself in the past, right. which makes it worse. Right, obviously. like like you said, the white knuckling it, you know, and like, you know, trying to avoid, you know, doing it. So mm-hmm. what else do you yeah. have? <laughs> Rob has more questions. Well, I guess we should get right into I guess the reason that you're here is is a fantastic school that you that you have yes. and uh, a fantastic podcast. I told you it's my new walking companion again. <laughs> One of these days I'll get through all the episodes. I st- I got to ten and then I said oh, I, I had to start all you're over. Ten now. That's pretty so, good. That's good. I, I get a lot of interruptions at work. That's my my problem. Do you have a question? Sure. Here, pause. There you go. But uh, so so there. can you explain to our listeners? I mean, we've kind to try to do it a little bit but we we can't quite do it justice (laughs) um would you explain to our listeners pretty much what what's involved with the uh the little school of big change or or how it came about i know the book came out first so the book came out first and and it was the kind of thing it was so funny i didn't i didn't set out to i had written a book before that called being human Mm -hmm. and i had just finished it i mean really like just finished it and i self-published it and then a publisher came to me and said, oh, it looks like you've self-published some books and they do okay. Would you want to write a book for us? Hmm. And I was kind of like, no, not right now. But <laughs> I, I couldn't exactly say it. Like, it was almost like an hour, yeah. like you don't pass this up kind of thing, right? <laughs> yep. and so in my mind, I'm like, oh, can I take a break first? But I'm like to them, sure, I'd love to. <laughs> so, um, so they're like, well, what's fresh for you right now? And it's funny because being human was a little more general about this understanding. But this, when they came to me, was just at the time when I had been free of binge eating for maybe seven, eight months. And it was really every day, every week was like sinking in deeper and deeper. Oh, my gosh, you've left this behind. Like, this is not going to. And I just never thought that was going to be the case for me. Mm-hmm. I really did it. Mm-hmm. And it, it kept getting better. As I know, Patricia, you've experienced more and more of this where it's like, it just kept getting better and better where I kept seeing, oh my, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to live a life where I'm not obsessed with food. I never thought that was possible. Wow. So that was obviously what was fresh for me. So I wrote that book. Um, and then I just um, saw a lot of people really resonating with it. 
again, not, it's not about food necessarily. It's, mm-hmm. it's about mm-hmm. any habit. And I include anxiety and even depression as mm-hmm. habits in a sense, because mm-hmm. they're made of habitual thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was helping a lot of people. And then I, I had a colleague at the time who said, Hey, you should do something else with this. <laughs> like you should, mm-hmm. you should walk people through it even more deeply. So I created the school and the school is, um, you know, it's a, it's a six week course that's full of con- video content, video lessons, conversations with other people who, who teach this understanding, um, animations, like all kinds of different ways that people learn and that things really kind of land with us in a deep way. It has like ancient poetry in there that speaks to this. It has more recent poetry. It has, you know, song lyrics. I mean, there's just a variety of things that all point to our true nature. And, and so over six weeks, people go through all the video lessons and they get that. And they also have twice weekly calls with me. So leading this school for those six weeks is my absolute favorite thing in the world to do. Like I, I get so excited to just get on those calls with, with all of these people from all over Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. and just see like, what are you seeing? What's waking up in you, you know? And so I coach them and I help them through their blind spots and, and we work together over the six weeks and, you know, it's just a really, um, it's just amazing to see. I, I never want to make it sound like come to this school and in six weeks, all your problems are going to be solved because mm-hmm. that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But what is the case? And I, we've done lots of studies. I always do a survey afterward and ask, you know, how things are for people is that like 97% of people that have gone through the school say that they feel like that what they've seen is setting them like on the path to lasting change, you know, like that, like, like I felt mm-hmm. when I, when I first kind of came across this and I was still binge eating, but just in the back of my mind, I knew, wow, I'm going to be free of this. Yeah. That's what it does. It starts mm-hmm. to wake stuff up. And then, and then those insights just keep growing over time. It, it absolutely. And I think that that was what happened with me was it woke it up and I, I just couldn't get enough. And, and yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, but I don't, see myself I don't even see myself here right now (laughs) having our own podcast about this like this is just amazing but it's like just one thing after another can you just explain what an insight is because I know an insight is not really what the definition is in the dictionary so yeah it's um you know to me I don't even know really what it is I'll just say how I use it it's just kind of a it's like something else, like you just said, something else, something new wakes up within us. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a fact. We can contrast it with a fact. It's not like, um, you know, sometimes we hear facts mm-hmm. like that thought always moves and that, that, you know, we were resilient beyond our thinking and beyond our feelings. Like those are sort of facts that mm-hmm. we can learn. And by hearing those facts, we have an insight. But the the fact isn't what does it. There's tons of facts out there. Mm-hmm. The insight is like when our own intellect and our own mind quiets down for a minute, there's there's just good in there. <laughs> I don't know how else <laughs> to say it, but it's like there's there's health and there's resilience and there's creativity and all of that is who we are. And I think most of us think, and I all for sure thought, sure, I can become smart and become creative and become resilient if I work hard enough at it. Mm -hmm. But what this understanding really points to is the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. We are those things already. And the more we're thinking and worrying and thinking about how smart we are and how creative we are, we're just covering it up. 
So yeah. it's like, it's what we are by default. And that's, mm-hmm. that's to me what an insight is when all this extraneous stuff falls away for a minute and we get a glimpse of the real us and it's really good. It's really good news. That is so beautiful because I remember getting those little glimpses and I was afraid of them. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not th- like, I'm not thinking. And this was before I even met you, you know, and I was like, oh, what the heck is that? Like, that's Mm -hmm. weird. That feels weird. There's nothing going on in my head. Like, that's scary. Because I was so used to thinking, thinking, thinking all the time. And now I'm like, I crave that. I can't wait until I can just settle down. And, you know, that feeling is like euphoric. It's like a drug. (laughs) Like, it's really like you don't need a drug because that's awesome. You know, I loved um, on one of your episodes listening to you talk about your meditation and just the Mm -hmm. quiet time. And let me just close the door and mommy just needs a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, when you are anxious or depressed or anything like that for any period of time, I think what starts to happen is we're just kind of afraid to be with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know what's in there and Mm -hmm. we're afraid of our experience in a sense. And so Mm -hmm. we're always looking to distract and add and run around and do Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly it. It's as simple as, is that it's like when you start to crave the quiet, that's, that's so much more profound than it seems because it's like, you're knowing, you're seeing that you are well by nature. Yes. Like you're wanting mm-hmm. to connect with you again, which yes. is amazing. Yes, it's it's absolutely beautiful. It's, I guess, the way that we're supposed to be, you know, the way that we're made. So do you have yeah. another question? Well, <laughs> this I, is beautiful. I, so. I guess it's more, it's more of a comment. And, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast in the past is Patricia took this course, but but it was actually helpful to me, I guess, in a, in a, in a non-direct way. Because, I mean, like I said, I, I have anxiety from time to time. But, but some of these thoughts and, and the way that you explain them, it, it's just amazing. Like the iceberg. Um, but, but, but my favorite, though, is, is the weather because it's so true. If you look at weather from a weather standpoint, it's, it's only temporary. It's there. It's just passing through. And and that's how I try to handle any any panic issues I may have as well anymore. Mm-hmm. It, and, and I've even gotten to the point where people at work, oh, we're not going to be able to get this. It's like the weather. It's going to pass through. Everything's going to be fine. So, and, and the other thing that I find amazing about this is the fact that, especially with anybody who may have an addiction or because I know somebody will strive for something, and if they have a fallback or a setback, it's like they feel horrible. And the way you explain it, is the fact that it's something that happened innocently. It's not something that you've done. It's just the way that you did what you did at that time because that's all you knew. And, and that's just an amazing way of looking at things. I think it's, I think it's so huge. It's one of, the, one of the most helpful things to see in this is that life isn't so stable as we, as our mind tells us it is like, that's just how a mind works. A mind is always trying to figure out what's what, put a label on it. What does it have to do with me? What does it tell me about my future? You know, like that's just how a mind works. But to see, no, we're just like, really life is just moment to moment to moment. Mm -hmm. And in any moment we do what makes sense to us. And if we just live in a moment and you have what, what out people out there might call a setback. So what? It literally can only hurt you if you if you tell a story about it and keep bringing it into the future moments. Otherwise, yes. it's nothing. And, you know, we all know this. Like, you think about a kid learning to walk. I mean, literally, literally, mm-hmm. that is that we could call that a setback. Mm-hmm. I see somebody who, you know, quit drinking and then they had a night where they had a drink. 
just like a baby learning to walk and they fell. It's mm-hmm. like, well, of course you had a drink. You had a bad night and that's what your mind screamed at you to drink. Big deal. Yeah. Keep going. Wow. Just like we would with our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Get up. You're fine. Yeah. You're Get up. Okay. You're fine. Keep going. <laughs> I guess the one thing I, I would want to would know your opinion on is, and, and I've thought about this myself, uh, this is such a, if you think about it, it really is just a simple concept. But why is it that we haven't, I guess, in the medical field in this country, embraced it? It's been there since 1973. Why haven't, it, haven't we embraced it here as opposed to some of the other countries around the world that have? Yeah, I don't know that any any have as much as they could. But mm-hmm. yes, I mean, some definitely are more open than others. I mean... You know, I think it's just that paradigm shifts take a while. Mm-hmm. They really do, you know, and, and because for all kinds of reasons, probably sure. that we all sort of know that are probably beyond the scope of this conversation. But it's like there's, you know, money involved and there's mm-hmm. pride involved and there's systems sure. involved that don't like to change. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I just I just really, though, feel like the more we just keep looking at this on a person by person basis and there are people who are so impacted by it it just Mm -hmm. hits a tipping point where it can't be ignored and it already has in many ways Mm -hmm. you know but i think until it spills over to where it's the majority it's just gonna take a little bit longer okay and you're hopeful that it will It'll take over. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think There's no question. I think yeah. so, too. Yeah. I really do. Now, before we close, because <laughs> we've kept you long enough, mm-hmm. um, but I want to tell everybody that we will have a link at the bottom of our show notes that Amy has provided for us if you want, you know, to sign up for the school. And um, But my only other question is um, I'd love for you to tell us if you have a favorite story of someone who has recovered from something debilitating. Oh my gosh, I have so many. Oh. That's the hard part. I have so, so many. I mean, you're one of them, Patricia. Oh. You know that. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, yeah. I think, um, I think the ones I really love are, and just because they're so relatable and so human, people, people come across this understanding. And again, it's not me. And it's not even my little school of big change that I does know. it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. that we're pointing to the truth and, you know, how we work and mm-hmm. that people just hear that. So, people come across this understanding and have these deep, fast insights where they suddenly see things in a radically different way. And that's always fun. Everybody loves those big dramatic stories. But Mm -hmm. what I really kind of love are the slow burns because that's, that's really how it is for a lot of people. So like, you know, people who come in, there's so many around anxiety and different habits where, where it's like, um, thinking of one woman in particular, just so, so in this, like, I am this anxiety. I am this anxiety. It, this is, it's always been here. It's always been here. It's been here forever. Like I don't get breaks from it. And just little by little talking to her and saying, you know, what if the anxiety is just like this cloud that moves through you? What if the anxiety is just like this weather pattern that moves through you? What if it's just mm-hmm. something that of course you think it's you because your head is in the cloud. Our heads go in the clouds and we can't see anything else. Mm -hmm. But just what if, you know, I love this what if question. Like, (laughs) what if, what if that's not the case? What if you really are healthy? And little by little watching her, and again, she exemplifies so many people, but watching her kind of come to our calls and come to these conversations and say, 
you know what? I noticed a break. Mm-hmm. I never noticed a break in my anxiety, but I wow. noticed a break. And then, and then I noticed the break was longer. And then, you know, just <laughs> from there, just these gradual insights. And that really is how it is for many people. And, and I think that just makes sense, you know, like mm-hmm. we just, we just see something about life and, and nature does it for us. We don't have to work at all this, but it's so cool when you see that door get kind of propped open and then, and then it just spills open from there. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, I want to take the time right now to thank you so very much (laughs) for being on this podcast. It's, it's been very enjoyable. I I hope uh, a lot of our listeners got something from it. Mm -hmm. I know I'm, I'm like pushing the message <laughs> to those who I can see desperately needed at times. So and they kind of look at you weird, though. You know, like I don't. I wish well, I not had in one ca- in one so- case. I have a coworker who I've talked over, and I said, oh. "Well, you know what? Start with the podcast." Yeah. I said, "Start with Changeable and go from there." And she goes, "Maybe I will. I like podcasts." <laughs> and then she mentioned some others. And goes, "I don't like that one. He's kind of arrogant." So I said, well, "I guarantee you'll like this one." Oh. So oh. because she's had anxiety issues and. and forever so it's wonderful uh, though so I hopefully mean, she'll become uh, a part of the alumni at some point i know that would be wonderful but, that would be wonderful again thank you so much dr amy yes. johnson uh, the little school of big change and again as patricia said the link will be at the uh, yeah. at the bottom correct yes and i want to just say thank you so much amy you're you're wonderful and like you said you're the catalyst i guess to get this um you know going but my life has dramatically changed and I'm not the same person I was. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for finding you. And to me, I put up a picture today of myself and Wayne Dyer. And I said before that my two favorite people mm-hmm. <laughs> are you guys. But um, really, you guys, I, it just came to me that you guys are really humanity shifters. Like you really yeah. are. So it's just beautiful what you're doing. So oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so thank, thank you for you joining so- us. I'm I'm so grateful. I'm so happy to be here. And I love your podcast. I know I tell <laughs> Patricia this all the time, but really I just love that you know, I'm it's honest. just it's just it's just normal. It's just human. It's just simple. It's the little things that make such a huge difference, you know, and I think that's just such a such a great message. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Amy. Thank you very much, Doctor Amy Johnson. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast and what do you say, Patricia? Rob I I have no words. I guess the interview just speaks for itself. But uh, as I said, we started out this morning, you know, we're just doing our regular errands, running through our normal day, (laughs) living our life. And oh, by the way, uh, you know, later on, we're going to interview Dr. Amy Johnson from the Little School of Big Change. So, you know, it's just amazing. Some of the things that that life, as she even mentioned, too, how, how basically it's ultimately life lives you. You're, you know, and, and we've talked about this in a, in a previous podcast, might have been the last one if I recall, things like we're, we're just these things come up, you know, it's mm-hmm. because, I mean, if you just let life live you and, and let, let thought take its course and, and whether you act on it or not is entirely up to you. I mean, you have beautiful opportunities just like this one. So I hope uh, those of you out there uh, got something from it and Patricia's going to provide some additional information here well, so maybe you'll be well i really have to say thank you rob thank you that we have this podcast that we mm-hmm. had this absolutely beautiful opportunity to interview amy yep she really is an incredible humanity shifter i i don't even know where that's I, what I, I was thinking i thought of that word like i don't even know where that even came from except that really like mm-hmm. if you listen to it 
and you listen to what she had said, it's just, it's beautiful. And, and the reason why I know it's beautiful is because I've lived it. Yep. And everything that she said is just, it's just an amazing way to be. And I, I'm so, first of all, I was starstruck. <laughs> Mm. I, I couldn't tell. Um, I couldn't the giggling tell. was you know like... What? I may not have giggled, but I too, like I said, <laughs> I interviewed Don Rickles at one time. I'm telling you, this this interview was more of a uh, internal like butterflies type of thing. Oh, me. wow. So. Um, but I remember giggling one other time that much, and that was our first date. Well, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I was so, so unbelievably excited. And, and I think that... You know, Amy's so humble, and and really, she is just probably one of the most real people that I know. Um, and um, and you know, she just you know tells you what she knows, and and that's and that's really what she does. But I don't think she realizes, or maybe she does, what an impact she has had on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't. Like I said, I went from. D- despair mm-hmm. and um and now we have a podcast that she's on <laughs> that's just like <laughs> and that's how the world goes around as they say so i mean like like she said life lives you mm-hmm. and i never never i couldn't even dream of this i couldn't even dream of this and um just well you want to let life live you in many yeah. cases that's what it is yeah so. and that's the thing let it go and let life live you so um i do want to say that amy does have um a free video series going on right now and she also enrollment for her little school of big change is starting um it, actually it's ongoing and the link is at the bottom and the link is at the bottom of our show notes mm-hmm. and if you have any questions or anything reach out to me um let me know if you have any you know any kind of questions and I will definitely answer them and I will definitely um, link anything that could help. Um, I really have said this before, but we really want to help one person and hopefully that's you that's listening. And we're more than one or more than, or more than one, but I really, I really, I'm aiming just for one because the ripple effect of helping one person, like the ripple effect of Amy helping me is just, you can't even, you can't even measure that. So, um, Thank you for listening to me giggled <laughs> the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have heard from some people that I do giggle a lot anyway in the podcast. But this was this was definitely very exciting. So You're having a fun time. Right? I, yeah. So, I was... <laughs> again, if you'd like to contact us, again, we're always here to, uh, to have our ear bent or our keyboards bent, I guess, in this technical <laughs> age. Um, the Gmail address, our imperfect life podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, we're Our Imperfect Life Podcast. Mm-hmm. And and Twitter. <laughs> or is it is it Twitter? No. I no, know. we're not on Twitter. Okay, so. Uh, but we have nothing against Instagram. Twitter. Well, oh, Instagram <laughs> was the other Yeah, exactly. Instagram is the other one. That's our imperfect underscore life right? yes yes rob's not on instagram but i like instagram a lot you're lucky i'm still on facebook <laughs> i went to that one kicking and screaming but you know i run into a lot of people that i haven't seen in a long time so it's nice to I hope you don't hurt them <laughs> no no so well well we've talked enough we have <laughs> so um and amy had much more 
uh, yeah. great things yeah, to say. Yeah, we're most so, grateful. We're most grateful to her. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Rob. And I'm Patricia. And this is Our Imperfect Life. <laughs>